Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Suddenly there came a sound of rushing mighty wind The Holy Ghost began to be poured out upon all men <laughs> This is that Spoken by the prophet Joel This is that Spoken by the prophet Joel In the last days I pour out my spirit Saying the Lord everyone pastor bob the tell it like it is radio show good to be tuned in with you tonight or you to be tuned in with me tonight we are broadcasting live this april 16th 2023 from the studios of kdix dickinson north dakota 
We are being picked up by KDIX's website and also the great Holy Ghost Radio. So I'm not sure which way you're listening, but you can be listening right on this AM radio station here in our Dickinson area. And we would love to, uh, you are our target audience. These other people listen in, that's fine. We're glad they are. We've got some of them texting me tonight from different places. And if you want to be part of the program, you can text tonight 701-290-7862. 701-290-7862. We've got Brother Griffith listening uh, out in Montana. We've got Carl in Traverse City, Michigan. We've got Raul listening. Somebody else on that text. I don't know who that number is. Raul listening. We've got Sister Bretz and Jody, her daughter, listening in Oklahoma City. Sister Bretz has moved away. She was living in Kildare which is about 33 miles north of where we're at. But now she was kidnapped and taken to Oklahoma City, so we might have to go down and kidnap her and bring her back. But text me tonight, 701-290-7862. I'm going to, uh, the, oh, the Willises are listening. Are Henry and Harrison listening tonight? Are they Henry and Harry, are they listening? Um, good to have them, that whole crew listening. I know those boys are uh I guess when I say their names over the radio, that really uh, makes them kind of light up. So I just did it. Love that family. We had a good service, church service today, fairly serious topic, and I'm going to bring some of that topic into the radio station with me tonight. Uh, Maybe uh, talk about it in a little different way or maybe the same. We'll see how it goes here. We've got... um, You know, I, I maybe I should just get right into it. I've got some other things I could say here, but uh, the uh, it's Brother Luna listening. Good to have Brother Luna listening down in in uh, Wapaton. You know, Ezekiel thirty three. There, I'm just kind of gathering my thoughts together. Ezekiel thirty three is kind of where I want to start. Let me read part of this to you. It says, Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of my people, of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of that land take a man of their coasts and set him for their watchman, if when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, and whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet and taketh not warning, if the sword comes and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, and took not warning, his blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come, and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth, and warn them from me. When I say unto the wicked, O wicked man, thou shalt surely die. If thou dost not speak to warn the wicked from his way, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thy hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, if he do not turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity but thou hast delivered thy soul. I'll just stop there for a little while, maybe pick up on it in a little bit. 
I want to talk about this concept that's in these verses. This is a, of course, in my own words, just a story of a, of a, you know, a, a country that's prone to being attacked by invaders. There's a watchman watching out, sitting on on a high place. If he sees trouble coming, he blows a trumpet, and warns everybody. People are warned. They flee into the city. They shut the gates. Uh, they're saved. The uh, watchman, if he blows the trumpet, they don't pay attention to it. That's their problem. If he doesn't blow the trumpet and they get killed, it's the watchman's trouble. It's the watchman's problem. Uh, pretty pretty uh, sobering when it comes to being in leadership of any type, especially leadership like being a pastor. Uh, you know... And I'll get to some other verses here in Colossians, but but it's important that we understand that that part of the job of the preacher is to warn. To to warn. Colossians one twenty five through twenty eight says, Wherefore I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. When we, whom we preach, we're preaching Christ in us, the Holy Ghost, whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. So we see here that the job of the preacher is to preach the truth, preach, tell people how to get right. It's also to teach people how to live right and to continue on, to live pleasing to God, that we're not just hit and miss or, or um, you know, hot some days and cold the next, but we teach people how to successfully live for God. That's certainly part of, of the job of, of the watchman or the preacher. But I want you to, tonight I want to focus on on this word warning. It says that they, warning every man, warning every man, warning of the consequences of not listening, warning every man that there's trouble out there and we've got to pay attention to it. Now, I told our church today, (coughs) and I hope you understand, they did, but I, I don't want people to think I'm crazy. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, and I believe it's talking about positive witnesses that can tell us how we can make it, people that have gone before us. and uh, These witnesses, we read about them in the Bible. Maybe there are people that we even knew that are witnesses that could, said, if I can make it, you can make it. And that's so positive to me. But there are also other types of witnesses. You can either be a, a witness, uh, a good example, or a bad example. But a bad example can be learned from also. Now, call me crazy, but I I keep some of the obituaries of the funerals that I've conducted or attended. I keep the obituaries, and sometimes I look at them. Some, some of them are in my office at the church, and I look at them at, from time to time. And sometimes I am, I don't want to say 
talking to the dead people. It's not that. But sometimes I'm thinking about them. And in a sense, I am maybe talking to them, even though I know they probably can't hear me. Sometimes when people that were under my care as a pastor don't make it, sometimes they walk away from God and then they die. Sometimes they're mad at me when they die. That's that's true. Sometimes they're upset with me because of what I stood for. But I also believe that if I stand for the truth, that at the moment of truth, at death, when they die, they'll understand that I was just trying to warn them. I was trying to help them. You know, I'm not being so weird because in Hebrews 11.4 it talks about a man named Abel who was dead, but he was still speaking. How was he speaking? His life was speaking. And so either you're going to live a life for God, a successful life to the end, and that's going to speak, or you're going to live a life of tragedy where you've turned your back on God, and that's going to speak. Sometimes those obituaries that I look at in my office, sometimes even though I might talk to them, it's usually when the ones that don't do well, the ones that die from causes and too young, and maybe sometimes they're not too young, but maybe they drank themselves to death, or um, many people that I know, I mean, over the years, I've conducted their funerals, um, you know, drunk, motorcycle accident, uh, just all kinds of things. And I carry a sense of failure. I carry a sense of inadequacy. I, I, It's a reminder to me that maybe I could have warned them more. It, it puts a resolve in me when I look at those faces on those, on those uh, programs from the funeral home. I'm calling them obituaries. They're they're really programs. When I look at those programs and I realize, you know, whether they died of suicide, drug overdose, or even natural causes, but they were away from God, there's something in me that is unsatisfied. It's dissatisfied. It's like there's, there's something, and it turns into somewhat of a resolve to me which causes me sometimes to preach things that I'm preaching tonight and I preach today. Just recently, I've buried a lot of people. I mean, more than you might believe. Um, And many times I've been the one conducting the funeral. Um, You know, young man, a few years ago, overdosed. Another young man just recently overdosed another a year ago um, I there's there's um, uh, there's a suicide that I'm thinking about right now that that I spoke at that funeral and I'm not gonna lie to you I, I I can't just go spend my life beating myself up but I wished I would have warned them more I wished I would have tried to speak into their life more than I did Now, this um, 
this this radio show, I'm going to play a song, get back to it, and, and we can talk about many things tonight. Like, like um, well, you know, let me just start with this. I'll, maybe I won't play a song just yet, but you need to know the plan of salvation. You need to know how to get to heaven. Uh, don't let anybody lie to you. The re- One of the main reasons I'm on the radio is because I want to preach Acts 2.38 to this Dickinson, North Dakota area. Because that is the only way that we know that we can be sure that we're going to be saved. On the day of Pentecost, which was the very birthday of the Christian church, Peter began to, the the very day that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was poured out for the very first time, Peter began to preach. And he began to preach about the death of Jesus and about how they were the ones that had crucified the Lord. And he preached about how he rose from the dead. And in the middle of his preaching, they interrupted him and said in Acts 2 and verse 37, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You see, it's not about joining a church, but it's about obeying the plan of salvation. And and this gospel that was preached, this was was preached then is the same gospel that we preach today. You need to repent, surrender your life, be sorry for your sin. Be sorry enough to change. That's what repentance means. And the word baptism means to be immersed And only people that have repented, that have given their life to Jesus, are candidates to be baptized. That's why you don't find infant baptism in the Bible. In fact, if you think you have found it there, (coughs) you better look up your church history because it wasn't even put into practice until hundreds of years after the early church was gone. It was, it was modified, it was changed, but not by the authority of the Word. So you need to be repent of your sins, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus, and you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. It's the same thing. And the initial evidence that happened in the book of Acts was that they spoke with other tongues, different languages, as the Spirit gave the utterance. See, I I wouldn't be a loving person if I wouldn't tell you how to be saved. This is so important. You know, my, my dream is that somebody is listening to me and for the very first time, or maybe you've read it in the Bible and now it's being confirmed to you that this is the plan of salvation. Repentance, water baptism in the name of Jesus, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Churches that won't tell you how to get right are not loving churches. Churches that tell you that Jesus loves you but won't tell you the nuts and bolts of how to take advantage of that love are not preaching the love of God. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862.
of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on, out of darkness into his marvelous light. Chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Out of darkness into His marvelous light. Out of darkness into His marvelous light. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Out of darkness into His marvelous light. Into his marvelous light, out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on, hey, come on out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on out of darkness. Hey, in time past you were not a people, but now you are. The people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. In time past, you were not a people, but now you are. The people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. A holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Out of darkness into His marvelous light. Out of darkness into His marvelous light. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Out of darkness into His marvelous light. Out of darkness into His marvelous light. Out of darkness into His marvelous light. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Out of darkness. Out of darkness in. Out of darkness into His marvelous light. Come on, out of darkness into His marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come on, out of darkness into his marvelous light. Come out of darkness into his marvelous light. That was Lance Appleton. The um, sister. That's oh, who? That's who that number is. Sister Becky. Hello to Grandma tonight. She's listening to Pastor Bob the Tell It Like It Is show, talking about the concept of the watchman on the wall, the concept of part of the preacher's job, part of all of our job is to warn people. I mentioned before I played that song that that uh, there's a there are people that cry to me from the dead. Their lives cry to me from the dead, and they want me to go on and tell 
people the truth. Just like Abel being dead yet speaketh. I believe people, their lives, nobody's life is in vain. Sometimes their lives point us. They, maybe they didn't do it right, but we can still learn from it. You know, um, in the today's Living Bible, Luke 17, 1 through 2, I, I'm reading it out of here because my topic is on warning. That's the name of the title of the program tonight, Warning. Luke 17, 1, there will always be temptations to sin, Jesus said one day to his disciples. But woe to the man who does the tempting. If he were thrown into the sea with a huge rock tied to his neck, he would be far better off than facing the punishment in store for those who harm these little children's souls. I'm warning you. This is what I spoke about in our church today. We've got to be, and I and I, I feel like it's appropriate for the radio. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll soften it just a little bit, maybe because I was pretty hard on the church. But the greatest form of child neglect there could ever possibly be would be to neglect to teach a child how to get to heaven. Let me say it again: the greatest form of child neglect there could ever be would be to neglect to teach a child how to get to heaven, to give them the tools, to give them the knowledge. And we, in our country, I I don't want to be dramatic, but we are a godless, we're becoming a godless country. I know there's still a lot of God-fearing people, but there are children growing up that don't have the first clue about God in our country. It's there's probably America at one time the United States of America was was a, a Christian nation was not a perfect nation not everybody in the nation was Christian but I would venture to say that there are many African countries now that have a greater percentage of true believers than we do why because children have been neglected They've been babysat in front of a television set, and that filthy television programming is is corrupting the minds of our children, whether it be television or Hollywood movies, has been corrupting the minds of our children. Little children sitting in front of televisions and being exposed to pornography while the parents are doing who knows what. That's child neglect. Deuteronomy 6.4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. He said that we were supposed to teach these commandments to our children. The greatest sinner in all the world would be the one that would break the greatest commandments. And not too far behind that of the greatest sinner in all the world would be the one 
that would fail to teach their children the things of God. You know, um, I've had people over the years more than 10 times. I don't know if it's more than 20 times. I, I really don't know. It's a lot of years since I started serving God. I was 20 when I gave my life to God. I'm going to be 65 this summer. But I've had people say, well, I was made to go to a church to, to church when I was little, and I'm not going to do that to my kids. That is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Yeah, I was made to go to church when I was little. I'm not going to make my kids go. Well, when you were little, they taught, made you brush your teeth too, didn't they? Did you make your kids, or did you say, you know, they made me brush my teeth when I was little. I'm not going to make my kids brush theirs. So all your teeth are going to, all your children's teeth are going to fall out. You know, they, you know, they made me learn to wipe my bottom when I was little, and I'm not going to make my kids learn how to wipe their bottom. Well, they're going to be awful embarrassed when they get to school, aren't they? Wearing that diaper when they're in high school. No, that's. You can come up with all the excuses you want to, and you can even say that you had a bad upbringing and you went to church. But that does not negate the fact that we need to teach our children about God. And if you're not, it doesn't matter what else you're teaching them. If you teach them to be a millionaire, if you teach them to be a politician, if you teach them a trade, if you teach them to be good at sports, it doesn't make any difference what you teach them. But if they don't know how to go to heaven... That's a sad, sad thing. You know, I, I'm hanging out here on purpose because I'm hoping there are people listening to I'm warning you. Jesus said that this is what he said. He said, he said, uh, you know, if it says it'd be better if you had a rock tied around your neck, you'd be far better off and thrown into the into the sea than somebody that would harm these little children's souls. And one of the ways you could harm their souls, there's more ways, but one of the ways you would harm their souls is not even give them a chance to know about God. You know, this uh, this is the answer to a lot of the issues going on in our country. School shootings, poverty. Uh, you know, people say, well, poverty causes crime. No. No, I don't believe that. Immorality causes both pri- crime and poverty. And let me just tell you this there's nothing immoral about being poor, and there's nothing evil about being poor. But much of the poverty in the United States comes from the fact that people have turned their back on the ways of God. Because it's God in the Bible that says to get a job. It's got it's got the God of the Bible that says you need to take care of your family and work. That's the God of the Bible that says that. Everything that a society needs to succeed would be a lot better if it had people that were Bible-obeying people in that society. 
And now, we're not teaching our children about God. They don't know what right and wrong is. Like when I grew up, I didn't know everything, and I didn't I didn't really grow up as a religious person. I came to God when I was 20, as I said. But I will tell you this, that that I, I was uh, I was raised in a society that still taught me that certain things were right or wrong. Like I knew that homosexuality was wrong. Our society taught that. Like that's not natural, it's wrong, it's not moral to do that. See, I, I grew up and I knew certain things. I, I, I wasn't a moral person growing up, but I knew that marriage was between one man and one woman. I knew that. Society taught me that. But we're neglecting now to teach our children right from wrong. The battle cry is, well, who says, who, who makes you the expert on what's right and wrong? Well, I have this book called the Bible, and that's the only claim to fame I have. But not only that are there people neglecting to teach, but there are people that are openly teaching against it. That's terrible. You know, the, I over the years, I've pastored oh, quite a while now, and I've over the years, I've had parents forbid their children to come to church. I mean, I've... I've had parents forbid their children to be baptized in the name of Jesus. You know, they're openly, and it's not just parents, it's even older siblings can turn their younger brothers and sisters in the wrong way. Be a bad example to them. One of the guys that goes to our church talks about how he learned to smoke meth with his mother. That's sad. That's really sad. People, you know, that you don't need to listen to a pastor. You don't need to have a pastor. Well, shame on you for teaching that. You're on dangerous ground with God. Jesus said, I'll read it again, Luke 17, 2. He said, he said, um, you're facing severe punishment for those who harm these little children's souls. I'm warning you, Jesus said. Pay attention to the warning. If you already messed it up with your children, start teaching your grandchildren the ways of God. If you don't have any children or grandchildren, then start helping somebody else's children to know God. We've got Sunday school at our church. We've got Sunday school teachers that would love for your kids to come to our Sunday school. And they they bring it down to their age level. You know, the little ones are drawing pictures and learning things and learning memory verses. And as they get older, of course, it gets a little more uh, a more complex. You know, um, there there is there is a it is so important that we understand. You know, one of the things, I don't know, I mentioned it in our church today, there's a 
there's an attitude in southwest North Dakota that has to be overcome when it comes to the things of God. This attitude is like, you're not going to tell me what to do. Just stay, mind your own business, Pastor Bob. I'll do what I want. Well, you can. It's a free country. But I wouldn't be a much of a preacher if I didn't warn you when you're wrong. Yeah, you can do what you want, I guess, as long as you don't break the law. But I'm not going to stay out of your business. I mean, if you want to stay out of my business, you can just shut the radio off now. I can't do anything about that. But I got a feeling somebody out there is listening that wants to, but they just can't. You know, this it's it this attitude is a is a terrible attitude. It's an attitude when I was growing up there was a song by a guy named Charlie Daniels and it said just leave this long haired country boy alone. That song is a terrible attitude to have towards the things of God. You need to get a haircut, you long haired country boy. Start doing what God says. I'm not gonna leave you alone. Because I got too many obituaries or too many funeral home programs in my office where I wished I would have not left them alone. I wished I would have bugged them just a little more. Well, I better I better play a song here. I'm I'm not gonna let's see, what song should I play? Let's try this one. Pastor Bob here, the Tell It Like It Is radio show.
Can't Keep a Good Man Down. That's by a group called New Song. Good to have you back to tell it like it is radio show. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. You know, uh, got a lot of, quite a few people texting me tonight. I mean, not a million, but quite a few. Uh, good to have, um, Got we got Matt, first time listener. Matt texting me tonight. Good to have him. Sister Beth is, is texting. We've got uh, Bethany, north of North of Belfield. Let's see, did I say Jason? Jason from New Raddick. <coughs> Jason texting. You know, in church today, I, I talked about how we've got to be a role model to people. I, I specifically talked about children, and I want to just I want to just spend the last few minutes of the program talking about this. You know, we, we've got to, we are a role model whether we like it or not, especially if we claim to be a believer, if we claim to be a follower of Jesus. We are a role model. And you're either going to be a positive role model or a negative role model. This... um You know, this is, uh, I've got a feeling that a lot of people don't even realize that they are harming the souls of children by the way they're living. You know, we've got to show them the way by our, our example. For instance, we've got to be righteous. That means to do what's right. We've got to, we've got to start being honest. We need to be obedient to God. And that doesn't mean obedient to this God you make up in your head. But it's obedient to God, the God of the Bible. You want to you wanna destroy your children's souls? You parents just keep on fighting. Keep on arguing. I told our church I hate it. And I do. It's not just you you're hurting with all that silly, stupid arguing about nothing. But you're scaring those kids half to death. Could it be that we would cause our children to be lost and not even know what we're doing? What you do speaks louder than what you say. You know, years ago I was talking to a man, and I was telling him I didn't have a television in my home and I didn't do the Hollywood movie thing, and and he told me, he, he thought he was agreeing with me, he said, yeah, I was watching HBO, and my son came in, his son was pretty little, so my son came in and sat on the couch for a while and got real uncomfortable and realized he was too young to watch that stuff. But... I asked this boss of mine way back then, I said, how old do you got to be to where it makes it right to watch that stuff? You see what I'm saying? Like, we need to be an example to our children. If it's wrong for them to watch shows full of nudity and violence and cussing and all, and all the other horrible things that are on there, why would it be right for us to watch it? What if you walk contrary to 
the holiness teaching that's in the Bible, the common sense teaching that's in the Bible. Like things about drinking, things about modesty, you know, things about, uh, you know, what the Bible teaches about pornography and all these things. What, what if you attend church and you teach your children whatever the preacher says is no big deal? By, not by what you say. You know, I'll tell you what's interesting to me is when I talk about you shouldn't, you shouldn't talk bad about the brothers and sisters in the church in front of your children. Don't talk bad about your pastor in front of your children. Many people say that they don't, but I've heard them with my own ears. What are your children going to think? I said this in church today, but a church, this church, the church I pastor, cannot speak into your children's lives if the parents are not on, on board. It doesn't work. I'm amazed in our church how I can speak. I don't even have to think about it. I have so much freedom to speak into the lives of children whose parents I know are on board with the Bible and with the Scripture. I don't even hesitate. I don't I don't spank other people's kids. It's not like that. But I'm going to tell you what. If I know that the parents will back me, I can speak to the children. But if I know the parents won't, I find myself hesitating. You know, this. I, I, I'm talking today, if you're just tuning in, I, I, I said that, that, um, that there are, there are uh, people in my life that are dead that are still speaking to me. <clears throat> there was a man I met many years ago named Will. I met him in my prison ministry. In fact, Will got married in jail at the courthouse in an orange outfit, handcuffed. Will was a personality. He was he was a lot of fun to be around. But Will never successfully lived for God. And one night, drunk, he talked to a friend and, hey, let me ride your motorcycle. And he got on that motorcycle and wrecked it and died. And Will left behind a son. And I don't know, I hope, I know there's some contact that son has to the church, and I hope that he can come through. You know, what What about, you know, um, what about being faithful to, to church? What about coming to Sunday school and bringing your kids with? What, what, I mean, is boating more important than that? Are sports more important than that? You know, we have church on Sundays and Wednesdays. You know, we have Sunday school at 10, worship service at 11. We have a Wednesday night service. It's a regular church service. And sometimes I'll see people that are, you know, most of the people in our church are faithful to these services. I mean, they, 
many of the people in our church, I mean, they came during COVID. They came during the blizzard. In fact, the last blizzard we had, we uh, luckily had got our parking lot cleaned out. We had people from other churches come that couldn't go to their church because it was closed. Our, our church doesn't, they don't really like it if I ever do that. So I try not to, and I don't want to anyway. But people who don't, who do not faithfully come to church or are consistently late, what does that teach your children that you say you care so much about? What are you thinking? What is your reasoning? You know, tonight I, I'm, I'm preaching a lot of the things that I spoke about in our church service today, but I'm, I'm trying to wake you up. I spoke about this at the jail. I, 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 I just took a portion of it and spoke about it at the jail. And these people are hurting at the jail. They've messed up. Many of them have children, and they, they really feel bad because they can't be raising their children because they're in jail. But I, I, I wanted to tell them, we can't do anything about the past, but it's time that you're just done. And I had some people tell me that tonight. They told me, Pat. they called me Pastor Bob at the jail. They said, I'm done. This will be the last time I'm in here. Thank God for that. But you got to consistently follow through. 1 Timothy 4.16, I love this verse. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Pay attention to how you're living. Pay attention to what you believe. And continue in it. Don't just start and quit, start and quit, start and quit. You know, it's it's one thing, it's a wonderful thing to see a person make a start with God. But I have to say it's a more wonderful thing to watch them five years later still living for God. Bringing their family to church. There was a a juvenile judge many years ago. This is what he said. 20 years as a juvenile judge. And I've never had one child in my court stand before me who had the two original parents and they went to church as a family. That's what he said. Never. Not one. Now, I know people can go bad. I understand that. (coughs) But you parents... You need to keep your marriage strong. And you need to keep your faith in God strong. Because it's no surprise to me at all, folks, that our country is having this uh, epidemic of childhood diseases. I mean, crazy childhood disease. They're medicating kids left and right. I mean, for depression, for everything. And we're blaming it on what? The diet? Oh, we got, we got, uh, what is it? What do they blame it on? I mean, they, they blame it on too much soy or I don't know what they're blaming. Or what is, what's the one I'm trying to think of that everybody's allergic to nowadays? You know, opposition, oppositional defiant disorder. Or, you know, I mean, folks, mom and dad, same mom and dad in the home going to church together, teaching their children about God. 
showing them, modeling the ways of God. If you do that, you'll both save yourself, 1 Timothy 4.16 says, and you're going to save those that hear thee. Those are your children. That's your family. I'm just about done, but Ezekiel 33, it says in verse 9, Warn the wicked of his way to turn from it, and if he doesn't turn from his way, he shall die in his iniquity. But thou hast delivered thy soul. So I suppose as the preacher warner tonight, I can say, well, I did my job. It's up to you now. It's your fault if you don't listen. And that's true. But let me read verse 11 of Ezekiel 33, because this is how God feels about it. He wants the watchman to warn. He wants the watchman to to warn people. But this is what he says. Say unto them. Okay, God, I'll, I'll say it unto this radio audience tonight. As I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? Hebrews 9.27 It says, we have an appointment. It's appointed unto men once to die. Like I say, I keep those funeral home programs sometimes, and I look at them. Appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. What's your life going to be? If you want to visit us this week, Pastor Bob pastors the New Life Pentecostal Church, Dickinson, North Dakota. Our next service is Wednesday night at 7.30. There's a prayer meeting at 7. If you're a person that likes to pray, we come together and pray early. Then at the uh, on Friday mornings in Dickinson here, we have a men's Bible study at McDonald's at 6 a.m., about 10 after 6. And then on Sunday, Sunday morning is Sunday school. That's for the whole family. Uh, Sunday school, we have the kids' classes for the children. And Sunday school also, we have three adult classes. Two we split up by alphabet, and one is a basic Bible class that I teach every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And it's, it's 21 lessons. You can start in the middle. It doesn't matter when you start. If you want to know something about the Bible, come to that, 10 o'clock. And then our worship service is at 11 o'clock. So we have... Sunday school for the kids, the adults. We have Sunday school for adults that know a lot about the Bible. We have a class for those that are just wanting to learn about the Bible. So come and visit us. Also in Beach, we have uh, a beach in, in our service in Beach on Tuesday nights and Sundays. We have a church in Bowman on, that has church Wednesday nights and Sundays. We've got a church in Beulah that has church Wednesday nights and Sundays. We've got a church in Newtown, Williston, Bismarck, Mandan, Minot, all over this area. So I can get you this number I've been giving out all night, 701-290-7862. You can get a hold of me that way. Lord Jesus, tonight I pray as we close this radio show that that people will receive the warning that it's time, it's high time to get right with you. Lord, I I pray that... that, uh, that your scripture in Amos, it says, prepare to meet thy God. 
that we would prepare, that we wouldn't take it lightly. And not only that, but, Lord, we'd try to make a way for our little ones that they could know also. I just pray tonight, God, for our listening audience. Touch them. Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening. This is Pastor Bob signing off the Tell It Like It Is show. Until next Sunday night, 8.06 Mountain Time, God bless. The Lord will be returning very soon. Maybe evening, morning, or at noon. Not for the foolish virgins, but the wise. Then recompense the world for all their lies. The born-again believers will sing their triumph song. Say la, it might not be too long. Standing by Waiting for that trumpet in the sky Then the archangel will blow it loud And we'll all meet together in the clouds Even so come Lord Jesus Is what we ought to pray Selah He might just come today And trials for us to learn To cultivate a Christ-like attitude Be holy unto Jesus The bread of life, our food We'll hear the words Thou good and faithful servant enter in Say now, your rest will now begin Think about it before it gets too late You better say lock Cause when he comes back he won't wait You better count the cost There's one thing you can't buy Won't be no tickets sold on eBay when we fly Jesus is coming back He's coming back real soon Don't know just when it could be Morning, night or noon is coming back as a thief in the night Before he does, my friend, you better make things right Above the clouds, we'll live on high No more sickness, no more tears, we'll never have to die The mystery of godliness is shown The glory of the Father to us He's been made known Forever we will praise Jesus throughout eternity Selah, well that's what it means to me That's what it means to me That's what it means to me That's what it means to me
completely, Lord Jesus. Even so completely, Lord Jesus. Even so completely, Lord Jesus. You better make things right. You just might leave tonight. You better get rid of your sin. Allow the Holy Ghost to come in. You better make things right. Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.